0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a ball bound edition of Pod by the Bay. I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Joining alongside me, Seth Barnardor. two man weave this evening for a special Pod by the Bay episode as your South Florida Bulls clinched a ball berth in the season finale versus Charlotte in their 48 to 14 shellacking of the 49ers. Uh, Seth, I got to tell you right off the bat, um, I reports are, I may or may not have gotten a little teary eyed standing on the field after the game.
1: Well, there you go. Uh
0: um, no. listen, it's been a very long time. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. The energy was great. The players just flat out enjoyed themselves. I spoke with, um, Athletic director Michael Kelly after the game, and you just both collect a sigh of relief as we uh, move toward a, a new chapter of South Florida football.
1: Yeah, it was uh, kind of exactly what you were hoping for in terms of that game. You were uh, kind of dreading a tight one, I think, for the last month. And ba- basically, since. That UConn game, it was kind of like, oh, man, it's all going to come down to <laughs> Charlotte, probably. Oh, my gosh. I hope I, I, so, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, great how they won it. Obviously great that they won it. Um, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, and a really good, like a great year one in every imaginable way. In terms of moving forward, in terms of just this season, it's all really, really good stuff. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Byron Brown becomes the first 3000-yard passer in USF program history. Uh he goes 22 of 30 for 253 yards, four touchdowns and an in interception and then adds a pretty impressive 35-yard uh, touchdown run uh as well to to add to his total. He's uh he's been pretty fantastic um all season and this was just kind of the, the icing on the cake of a Really fun season for
1: him. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, despite, despite, I'm sure we'll get to the uh, the snub uh, of it all here today. But uh, yes, he's been unbelievable. Like he's, um, uh, you know, there's so many other places that, and this is not a transfer portal thing. Just he's like he could start in a lot of places. He's been a really good player for being this young and this productive. Um, you've got yourself a really good one, and hopefully you know you can like get him a car or, or those type of things and um unless I think some money's coming open <laughs> from some <laughs> other guys may <laughs> be moving on consolidate yeah. consolidate the quarterback money into one guy. I think yeah. is probably the way to go, but yeah, he's been awesome, really good representative, I think of the team as well, really cheery guy. Uh, upbeat guy and uh, willing to take responsibility when things don't go well. So, kind of everything you'd want in terms of off the field, it seems like, and on the field. And uh, yep. it's good to see him hit that 3K mark and kind of put himself at the top of the
2: record book there.
0: Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, I got to pause real quick. Brody's freaking out. Samantha went to the gym. So,
2: all right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you kind of uh, mentioned uh, the snubbing of it all. And I, I I think we kind of know what this game is. Uh USF moves to 4-0 when they uh have fewer turnovers than their opponent. Uh Charlotte turned the ball over a lot. Three uh three times uh both quarterbacks were terrible. Uh Steven Johnson obviously gotten just absolutely annihilated. Um I think it was by Tremel, uh no, Jamie Petway um on a on a sack uh that was pretty brutal uh fencing uh, Biff Pogi s- said after the game, "It was basically the two-a-situation from last season. Um, that's v- very scary uh, to see. Um, it just Charlotte was just so outmatched. I think we kind of knew pretty early, uh, you know, they, they went down and scored, and then they weren't <laughs> able to do a single thing for the rest of the game. Um, it was pretty bad."
1: I mean, if you listen to uh, the Ponderosa preview last week, we kind of gave a lot of numbers that said this Charlotte offense was really bad. And even against a bad USF defense, you felt like you should be able to get stops. And then Charlotte's defense is all right, but they can only hold up for so long, uh, I think, if you kind of keep getting the ball back quickly. and, And they did. So, like, I thought Charlotte did some good stuff on defense early. And there were times where they were right, and guys hit pockets. And then, like, it broke, and it was over. So, like, once they kind of broke them, it, it was on from there. I think they kind of wore down, and uh USF was able, with that tempo and all those guys they can throw at you,
2: mm-hmm. one,
1: one, once they get on you, it gets on you, it can start rolling downhill really quickly. And I think that's kind of what happened to Charlotte. And, yeah, their offense was just
0: brutal. Not- brutal. Wow. Brutal. I'll give you the the drives and then I'll, I'll kind of go deeper. So first drive of the game goes down nine plays 71 yards scripted to perfection, right? Turnover on downs, punt, punt, interception,
2: punt, punt, interception. Their
0: first drive of the second half, new starting new quarterback in, they go down to score five plays, 74 yards. Uh, next the last four drives of the game for them 9 plays 11 yards i don't that's really hard to do so good job for them uh, turnover on downs uh punt downs downs um the scripted plays worked for them good job they combined for 145 yards on those two drives and uh the rest of the game they totaled let me do the math real quick 154 yards of total offense outside of those two uh, start start the game. Start the second half drives. Uh, they're really bad, especially when you you've got ten guy ten starters allegedly just didn't travel. Um, spoke to someone. Uh, kind of mentioned it last week, uh, who has family who works for the Charlotte football team, and um, they had offensive guys playing defense. Uh, it was it was pretty brutal, and it it bore out in the numbers.
2: Yeah, it was
1: now, uh, it was not it was not a pretty sight to I mean, it was if you're a
2: USF fan, but just in terms of a football enjoyer, not great. Yeah. Uh it was not great. Um now to the all conference stuff. Um I get it.
0: Right? Like I get the consternation and I was kind of of the mind, well, there were four really good quarterbacks. Two of them made the first team. One made the second team. One made third team. No honorable mention quarterbacks. But all right, well, you know, four per. Four per. I, I completely get it. Makes a lot of sense. And then you kind of look through, and there's two punters on the honorable mention <laughs> list. And you're like, well, I mean. I how is
1: the How is the ballot? Have you voted for All-American Conference before? what's the ballot like you i'm sure you don't get to pick three teams you pick probably
0: so i didn't did not get one of these ever this year i i think it's strictly the conference
2: oh this is and but that's i guess
1: my thing is i wonder what the ballot is like do you give two at each position and they just like do it by tie vote because if or three or four because if it's that i could understand Okay, maybe Byron didn't get any votes if it if they're asking everybody for their top 3. Because the team success wasn't as good as the other guys. The other guys have a little bit more pedigree, a little bit more name value, whatever. Like it would make sense there, but I that that's kind of the only way it makes sense. It doesn't.
0: But then there's f- four four. I don't I mean, I don't know. Four punters, no, what? Well, me, that's uh, what
1: like the the one, punt vote the punting no, vote. Five was, punters. The punting vote was split. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like if you if you could just put if you just have to put two guys, you may have you know like it could it could have been one guy got three votes, one guy got two, and then three other guys got you know you know whatever it you know it could have been something like that where it's the guy got one vote, but so that makes him honorable mention, whereas if you only can do the top two quarterbacks or the top three quarterbacks, I could see how Byron wouldn't get votes from coaches if you're looking at top three quarterbacks in the league. You, you'd probably go, just based on team success, the two guys, the Pratt and Harris, that that's kind of team success and pedigree, and then probably Stone, just based on team success, right? Or you could even go Hennigan based on team success, you know, that kind of stuff. There was a lot of good quarterbacks in this league, I thought, this year. So – you're seeing that, like uh, Warner's hit the transfer portal, and he's going to be a hot commodity.
2: And he's right. probably like seventh in the conference. Yeah, like UAB quarterback wasn't bad. Zeno wasn't bad.
1: Like, yep. that, like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good conference for quarterbacks. So I, I do, I did think it was weird that he didn't even make honorable mention with how good his numbers were. I do think that's a snub. But if, if it's just kind of a simple thing of. Like, hey, you vote for two, then it makes a little bit more sense. If you vote for three guys, okay, then it makes a little bit more sense why he may be not being people's top three. But uh, the way the team shook out where you've got four quarterbacks on there and he can't even make honorable mention, that does seem a bit odd with just the accumulation of his numbers.
0: Right. And, like, you can't even knock, like, the the four quarterbacks that are on the list. Like, I think, by and large, those are the four best quarterbacks.
1: And
2: if it's
0: voted on by
1: coaches, they're going to value winning too, right? Which six games is great, but you look at those other guys; they're all, you know, eight or more probably,
2: right? So, so so I I
0: get it. Um, Not surprising; not many defensive uh, players make the list. Uh, You know, Amaris Brown,
2: sure. Rashad Cheney, he.
0: He was fine. Um, Jalen Schuler uh, led the team in snaps defensively this year, and we'll get into that in the Ponderosa. Um, I thought he was probably your best defensive player, can, or in most consistent defensive player all season. Um, so nice, nice for him to get you know a shout. Uh, the thing that really kind of irritated me more than anything is just how they laid them out in the graphics.
2: They did by school, right? And
0: well the honorable mention was by school. By school and, but then like you start at wide receiver. Like, I don't know. It just irked me that like quarterback was like in the middle, like they were trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, that that that's my biggest complaint. Obviously, Michael Pratt, offensive player of the year, Trey Moore, defensive player of the year. Uh Lejonte Wester, who we saw in person. Uh, house a punt and uh, had a fantastic game. Uh, was all was named first team wide receiver and uh, the first team return specialist out of um, Palmetto, Florida. That's so, correct. Uh, that's right. <laughs> kudos what? to him. Um, but
1: we're just yeah. we're just built different in Palmetto. <laughs> built we're different down
0: in Palmetto, Palmetto. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I can't really complain um, about the snubbing because it seems it honestly seems like it was like pick two pick three and then
1: that's my guess so that's why like if that's the case which it probably was then it makes a little bit more sense like there was nobody that was you couldn't say there was a, a person that sean atkins i think is probably the one that and he made second team the, the one that really sticks out in terms of production and a guy that consistently made plays every game Right, uh, that would really stick out amongst the conference because the conference is—I mean, there's especially like the skill positions, quarterback loaded, receiver, pretty good too. So Sean Atkins getting second team there, I think, is is a pretty big accomplishment.
0: Yeah, like are in all honesty, are you taking Sean? Are you taking Sean Atkins or Le'Jounte Wester? Mm, Probably going to take Wester, Luke McCaffrey or Sean Atkins closer. Yeah. But Luke had a fantastic game against USF as well. Uh, even with the quarterback out, he did it. You know, he he well, he did what he did the last half of the season with a backup quarterback, which is pretty impressive. And then uh, Joshua Cephas, who uh, I mean,
1: it's, there's some some DBs will see him in their nightmares for USF.
0: Tabin Ward.
2: Um. So, it, it, you know.
0: The, the, that's the move upableness, I guess, for for Sean Atkins. But the three guys ahead of him were truly kind of special this year, and really no offensive lineman kind of stood out. U.S.F. didn't really use the tight end as much to really garner anything. Running backs were so up and down; you weren't going to get anything there. Defense, as we mentioned, was less than ideal. Uh, kicker mm, can't hit. Maybe to start the, of the year,
1: <laughs> maybe to start of the year, but as the year went on, I got a little bit
2: right. got a little bit dicey there,
0: so uh, you can't really complain too much Um as we shift toward the bowl game, uh there's something happening uh as we record this in five days. The transfer portal opens, so this is the prime window for players to enter the portal. And uh, you know, USF is no uh no strangers to the portal. And they've already been, I think four guys already have announced, four or five guys have already announced. I kind of uh start with probably the one that was kind of hanging over the quarterback room all season. Gary Bohannon officially enters the portal. Um I said back in August when I when I you know reported that Byron Brown was gonna be the starting quarterback, I didn't think Gary Bohan would ever play for USF again. Come to find out he is not going to play again. It just the injury. He's been uh, usurped as a starting quarterback um, by Byron Brown. Um, I think it was really great of head coach Alex Golish to mention the impact that Gary has had on this program, even while being out. Um, I'm sure that's been tough for him as he, you know, was really starting to figure it out last year, gets hurt versus Tulane, sticks it out, trying to figure out his injury and just could never get healthy again and then got wally picked uh by Byram. So that's that's tough, but hopefully um he can stay healthy and have what, another solid productive year. You know, the guy that replaced him at Baylor is also in the portal. Uh so you know. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> He's back, baby. Good. <laughs>
1: come come back. Or Anna might beg him to come back, or know
0: Yeah. He he might. Um they've been snake bits since he left. Couple of uh players also entering the portal. Will Jones, um,
2: one time freak list uh player one, one uh,
1: time, also in the portal. One time Seth Varnador fantasy team. Uh early round pick. <laughs> didn't, yeah, uh, didn't, didn't work out. For, Will Jones uh,
0: played in 8 games this season and uh 169 snaps. I don't have his full stats at in front of me, but that his starts were pretty low.
1: He didn't it, week uh 10, he started to kind of get his snap counts went from, you know, less than 20. I mean, he had four games that he didn't register a single snap in, and then 55, 7, 25, and 41 the last four games. So he started to play a little bit more, but um, it's a couple of those games where they're just trying to find somebody that can cover somebody back there. So uh, came in with a lot of, you know, that that injury. We'll always have him throwing a teammate under the bus after the injury. (laughs) We'll always have that. But it, it seemed like that just that some guy. I think like the the guys in the NFL you see come back off those in a year are just the ultimate freaks of nature, and you don't see guys like really come back at top speed. It seems like for a lot of times over a right. year, right? So he heard it like was like the Thursday or Wednesday before the first game of the season two years ago. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, last year was kind of a lost year for him. I think he's probably still recovering. And this year he's got to play a little bit more, do a little bit more. It seems more back to full speed. But, yeah, just kind of a bad luck on that one because he had some pretty good pedigree coming in. And, like you said, he made the freaks list. And uh,
2: the last staff said he was their best player on defense. So. Oh. That's never – that's never – Fun to hear, no, um, so that didn't. So that didn't help. <laughs> I mean, that
1: could have been like, uh, "Who's hurt? He's the best player. We needed him." Oh man, we don't have our best player.
0: Right. A yeah. um, couple offensive linemen hit the portal. Uh, Zach Perkins. Uh, he played in two games, seven snaps this season, uh, and also Darrell Bailey, who uh, I'm looking. I don't think he registered.
1: Didn't register a snap. I don't have an sn- offensive snap for him. I think he is on uh, – I think he got hurt a couple times on extra point team. But I, yeah. I think he was on there. I saw more guys get hurt on
2: extra point team this year than many years in the past. So <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find him. Holy cow. I'm
0: going to have to control find him. Yeah, he played uh, in nine games on special teams had 43 snaps, um all of them on field goal. So special teams field goal. So that's
2: that's it. Uh those are two transfers. Um Thrill Bailey came from Virginia Tech. Zach Perkins came from Maryland
0: or vice versa. Um, those were two of the seven offensive linemen left when Alex Golish got here and they are gone. Um it seemed pretty clear. Uh,
2: there's a hierarchy, uh, in the offensive line room.
0: I I think, with only Donovan Jennings leaving, uh, not gonna be on the team next year, it was kind of clear. You got Mike Lofton for, for all of his faults, uh, Derek Bowman, who led, who had a 915 offensive snaps, um. Zane Herring, who got hurt, he, he's he been knocked, uh, knocked around a couple of times. Uh, Andrew Kilfoyle, R.J. Perry's played some. Cole Skinner, Cole Best. Like, those are the guys kind of in that mix for next you're gonna season.
1: Return, you're going to return like seven guys, I think, that have like about three games-ish worth of snaps or two games worth of starting snaps or snaps total. So – and then, I mean, like you said, two guys over 900 snaps this year. So right, you've got, uh, you're going to have a lot of experience coming back, but it doesn't mean you can't upgrade, which I'm sure they'll try to do in the portal, but that's yeah. one of those ones that everybody's trying to do that. So that'll be about playing time and fit.
2: I'm sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Cole Skinner, uh, that true, true freshman who looked really good, um, He's only played in four games, so
0: he uh, the bowl games t- uh, don't count anymore toward eligibility reasons, fairly certain. I so he could play in the on, bowl game?
1: I would check on him because I think he was at four. UConn was, was his – because he played on special teams. Some of these guys like uh, – uh, some of these guys played on special teams as well. So there's a little bit of question there. On that. Because well, we tried to... During the bye week, we were looking for the... Oh, yeah,
2: down. you're right.
1: Nikola Milovach is also, I think, would, would hit, hit his four games. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Cole Skinner played in five games on special teams, and then he only played in four on offensively. Yeah. Uh, so he played Rice, Navy, UAB, Temple, UTSA on special teams. And then... So when we
1: went to you do the red Temple shirt, e to say Charlotte. yeah, we went to do the yeah. red shirt tracker in the bye week. Um, there was some discrepancy between what was on uh, PFF, which we've been using to track snap counts, and what was on uh, USF's uh, internal stat stuff that they put out. So we kind of waited to to check on that, and we'll be able to kind of look through and <laughs> figure out who's going to be red shirted. But you know, you're not you're not losing a ton. That was not like a huge senior night in terms of number of guys.
0: Yeah. Only 15. Um, and you know, some were not time contributors. So there's that, you know, the last two, the hammer, um, as Bill Simmons likes to call, you know, the, the, you know, in memoriam guy, uh, at the end of like the Oscars. Um, it's always like typically like the most famous person that was Donovan Jennings, this, uh, This year, uh, right before him, was uh, Daquan Evans. So, uh, those two will be missed um, going forward. Uh, You got one more game. Uh, Donovan's been here since like 84. So, um, (laughs) I think it's going to be time for him to get a job.
2: J-O-B. Dr. Jimmy. Um, Looking forward to the bowl game.
0: We'll know Sunday night-ish. Um, they'll start or Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning. Uh, they kind of start trickling out once all the games are settled on Saturday. Um
1: La, uh, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot
2: here. Live live show, live bowl selection show. Do we dare? Interesting. Yeah, we could yeah, we could pause. We might we
0: can, dare, right? Yeah. At least
2: after, right after
1: we find out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there so we plan go. Plan on that, folks. Um, plan on a
2: yeah, maybe a live, a live edition of Pod by
0: the Bay breaking down the matchup. There you go.
2: I do want to say that Pod by the Bay, the Bay Area Examiner, one for one in terms of making a bowl game. So not
0: welcome. for nothing. Not for nothing. Not for, not for nothing. We got to get the, the stink of the the former place off of us, and, and by God, we did it. Um. And here we are going bowling. Um, obviously, the options
2: first responders bowl, uh, military,
0: no, armed forces. One of the two. I think it's whatever one's in DC. I always get those two mixed up. One's in Texas, one's at Navy. And I'm pretty hey,
1: sure it's military. Is it Navy? Are okay. Sure. The
2: opposite?
0: sure. <laughs> I, I always get them confused. Um, Obviously, uh, Frisco Bowl as well. Uh, New Mexico Bowl, I think, is an option. Um, Myrtle Beach, Fenway, Boca. uh, Hawaii Bowl doesn't seem to be an option, thank God, because the travel would have sucked. I think the game's on the 23rd. Yeah, I would think... Not getting back until Christmas morning, I think my wife would kill me. Yeah. Also so, going to Hawaii without her would also that, probably
1: yeah. be there. I, I don't know. We I don't I not We're not we might not be at the I don't think we're at the Patreon level to send a couple people <laughs> to Hawaii quite yet. We need to we'll need to get you on a membership the flight drive and going. you yeah. gotta
0: sleep on the beach or something.
1: We'll have to get a membership drive going. Yes, military bowl in
2: Annapolis. Um so thinking through it, you don't think they're gonna put they're not gonna be in Texas, right?
1: Because you'll have, no, I guess it would. It may depend on what happens with SMU. Yeah, I
0: guess so. If
2: they win, uh, because you're going to have Rice and SMU both both eligible, right? So I'd imagine they'd put them in Texas. Probably. So those are probably out. Um, you got two in Florida, right? Yep. I guess it it may, how much
1: of it do you think depends on who wins SMU versus Tulane?
0: Well, that's the, I think that's going to be the interesting thing, right? Because if SMU beats Tulane, Liberty right now would, if they, if they beat um, New Mexico State, New Mexico State uh, and the Sun Sun Belt, right? Sun Belt?
2: Uh,
1: They're CUSA.
0: CUSA, uh, if they beat them in the CUSA championship game, they would more than likely be the highest ranked G5 school and therefore would get the New York 6 bowl game. And now you're throwing the two lane wrench where, yeah. where we kind of always kind of penciled in the the AAC conference champion to a New York 6 bowl. And now it's been I a while, Scrambling. hasn't.
1: Was it been like five or six straight? Yeah, it's been so. It'll be the uh, the uh, yeah the push down would be significant, I think, for where USF ends up. And the push down could like be Gasparilla, quite frankly. Now we've heard. Right? What have you heard? Anything? Have you heard anything on like Gasparilla? I've, Has there been any? Hesitancy to like is there a is there a, like a want to actually leave for the bowl game like not yes haven't want to be another like home game
0: from the stakeholders that I've talked to Saturday and since they really are desperately
2: trying to get this team out of Tampa like they... like they Steve, do it. like they. <laughs>
0: They want to get, they want to get these seniors uh, somewhere to go travel to, right? Um, even if it's Boca,
2: but go travel somewhere. Um, yeah.
0: I've heard things regarding the Gasparilla Bowl committee not really wanting USF because you know economic dollars count, uh, hotel rooms, nobody. It it would just be another game. I think they would sell tickets. Um, wasn't there really a rumor,
1: annoying. a rumor that like we'll take UCF and an SEC school or something like uh, right. take
2: a closer
1: take a close but not hometown team where you may sell some hotel stuff and then try to match them up with an SEC school. Right. Uh, I think Gus Bowl got thrown around, which would be. Interesting, right? Auburn, UCF would be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I, personally, I hope that it's not Gasparilla. Just, it's, it's not really a... It's You get to play an extra game, you get the extra practices, but it's not really a treat for the players. No. Especially if you draw a really tough opponent and you go from your last game at home being an awesome victory where you clinched a bowl game to getting throttled by somebody in your last home game. That'd be tough. But I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about the bowl game because I think a lot of times now it's about like motivation and USF's going to be motivated. And the way they play, if, they play in, if they're playing somebody that's not like quite all there and somebody that's ready to pack it up, especially on defense, who buddy? That's going to be a long game for somebody else. So, uh, yeah, it could be I, – I think it'll, the bowl game will be a lot of fun, really probably regardless who they play and where they play. But it would be nice for them to get out of town.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would be a perfect opportunity for them. Fenway would be fun. Um, yeah. Flights are not terrible. Hotel prices are terrible <laughs> um, as we kind of prep. First responders bowl, not terrible. Obviously, Boca is the best That. Best option for us, personally, just you know, it's, it's cheaper. We don't like to pay for the hotel rooms and like the gas, um, which is fine, but there's also
1: Myrtle Beach is one of the other ones, right? That's a possible, yeah, yeah. So Boca Raton would be another G5 team, the Myrtle Beach Bowl would be another G5 team, Military Bowl is an ACC team, uh, Armed Forces Bowl,
2: Conference USA. Team Fenway Bowl is an ACC team, so um it's kind of up in the air. You have a couple that would get you a matchup with uh AC.
1: Looks like really everybody with the Big Ten is in play for a couple of these bowl games, and then a couple few of the other ones are just all group of five. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they get and who they get. So
0: yeah, absolutely. But man, uh,
1: what's your what's your dream scenario?
2: Do you have a dream opponent? Um, someone with an equally bad defense.
0: Hmm. I don't care who it is, just someone with an equally bad defense.
1: I don't. Unfortunately for you, Florida did not make a bowl game this year, so (laughs) I'll I'll have to do more research there. All right, let's see. All right, let's go look at opponent explosive plays given up. And let's go down to the bottom and see if any of these
2: uh, fit the bill. Um, you want to Oklahoma State, UNLV? I don't think you'd get either one no. of those. Uh, man, there's a lot of
1: American conference teams in this, <laughs> <in> this exclusive <laughs> place. Boston College. Ed Fenway. That'd be a fun one. Georgia That'd Tech. Georgia Tech's bowl eligible, eh? right? That could be an interesting one. Boston College would be great because I just don't think they're good on offense either. So that'd be like a perfect matchup. Right. Georgia Tech's decent on offense. They are a little scary.
2: Boston College would be great. How about North Carolina State just to – and the winner gets Byron Brown.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think they would. They're pretty good on this. They're pretty decent on defense. They yeah. I mean they kind of shut down like the presumed number one <laughs> overall court uh draft pick. Yeah um, they're pretty good. so not excited to see that.
2: But they're bad on offense, so
0: yeah. I, I, so I thought think... North Carolina and Brennan Armstrong threw for 330 yards and three touchdowns. So uh just imagine <laughs> what he can do against this one.
2: Yeah. There's
1: another guy that's thirty eight years old. <laughs> so. All right, I I think we've got some more numbers and stuff to discuss in the Ponderosa,
2: but that's it. That's it for a a victory Wednesday podcast of Pod by the Bay. We are ball bound. We did it. I'm so happy. I kind of cried. So,
0: uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all the things you need to do. Uh, tell your friends, um, tell your friends, tell your friends, share it far and wide. Follow us, uh, join the discord, join the Patreon, do everything you need to do. Um, Cause I think we, I think everybody listening to this knows this is by far the best USF coverage out there. Um, so do it. Go Bulls.
1: Go Bulls.